God's done. 11 weeks ago was, the, was when the flood hit, by the way. The flood hit 11 weeks ago. We canceled services. We went into go mode. And uh, as all of you know that were, were with us during that time, it was just all out serve, 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 help, 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 help. And we said uh, the week after the flood hit that we were not going to just go to church. We were going to be the church. And we felt like if we were going to be the church and go help people, that God would build our church and that God would take care of us. And I want to show you how he's done that. So 11 weeks ago, I want to give you some numbers. So 11 weeks ago, our average attendance here at the church was about 400 people. Um, that was before the flood, pre-flood on a Sunday, we had about 400 in attendance. Um, last Sunday, I want to let you know how many we had. 583 people last Sunday. Come on now. That's the largest attended service we've had in the history of our church. 583. I believe it's just the starting point of what God's going to do. This is just an indicator, though, of, of something that's greater. Um, we love seeing people fill the seats on a Sunday, but more than that... Um, we get excited about that. But more than that, I love seeing people take steps. That's the biggest thing that I love seeing people take steps. On this Sunday, by the way, this past Sunday, we had 583 people. But I want to tell you how many kids we had. We had 166 kids last Sunday. So anybody that wants to sign up to serve in OSC Kids, they're taking applications as we speak. Um, 166 kids. How many know we need to build that building? Need to build it. Um, but here's what I get really, really excited about. Out of that, in 11 weeks, we've seen 111 first-time families. In 11 weeks. That's 11 weeks. With that, with that though, of course, is, is it's not just good just to have new people come. Our desire is for people to, of course, take a step. And for us, that's called... Next step. next step. And I want to tell you, 55 people took next step in the last 11 weeks. 55 people. Which, by the way, if you haven't taken next step, it starts off this Sunday. Um, starting back all over again. And so this Sunday might be your first step. You can join these 55 people that have taken uh, the step to get plugged in, get connected. It's one thing to attend a church. It's another thing to get into the church. And a next step is the great place for you to do that. Um, the thing that I'm really excited beyond next step is, of course, 16 baptisms two weeks ago, which was really, really exciting. That was what an awesome, that was such an awesome weekend. And then the one that blows all of them away is 68 salvations in the last 11 weeks. Come on, can we give God all the praise for what he's doing? You know, when you're in, when you're in a move of God like that, it can often feel like that is just us. And it's hey, man of God, us. that's just here. Yeah, and that's just Jennings. So that's okay. not Unity's We had 941 number. people between all three campuses. 941 people last weekend between all three. Amazing. And I'm going to tell you right now, the, the, the tendency that we have, and this is what you've got to be really careful of, is that you think that this is normal. And it's not. The um, 90% of churches in the U.S. are under 200 people. And so, um, so to see what God's doing, most people will, will celebrate when they see 12 salvations in a year. We saw 68 in 11 weeks. Amen. And so I, I just want you to realize you're a part of a move of God. This is all God. It's what he's doing. He's breathing. And I believe, honestly, God's breathing on our church because he found us faithful when the flood hit. So the flood hit and we said, we're going to be the church. And here we are 11 weeks and the flood's hitting our church. 
in a powerful way. And so you're a part of that. You're a part of that. So thank you. You might be a part of that in these past 11 weeks. I'm really excited about that. With that being said, our passion here, of course, is to reach people and build lives. That's our mission. Our vision is for you to know God. It's fourfold for you to know God, not for you to know him in your head, but for you to know him in your heart, not for you to know religion, but for you to know relationship. We want you to know God personally. We want you to find freedom. We want you to settle your yesterdays. We want you to get help, get healing. And we believe that that happens in the form of a life group, getting connected with people, getting in a life group, allowing people to help you to get healed in that area and to find freedom. The third one is one I think is one of the most fun is, and that is to discover your purpose. Most people don't know why they're, they're here. The truth is the, the best two days in your life is one, the day you were born and two, the day you discover why. And most people almost honestly don't know their second answer to that one. They don't know why God created them. And so for us, Next Step is a part of that process of helping people discover why they're here. And uh, we want to help you do that. And then, of course, once you discover why you're here and you get that answered, then you can go on to our last core value, which is go and make a difference. Because how many know you were created to make a difference? You were created to make an impact on this planet. And so today, that's what I want to talk about. This idea that God has created you and I not just to sit in a seat, not just to come to church, not just to go to work and make money, not just to have a family, not just to go to college. You were made to make a difference. And the word that we use for that in making a difference is that when you die, the the word that they're going to use if you made one is legacy. So let's take out some notes and I want to give you some notes today and we're going to be, I'm going to try to get through all of this. Uh, I got a shorter message today because it's first Wednesday, but I'm going to give you a lot in a short amount of time. Legacy is this. I want you to write this down. Legacy is where my life lives on, where my life lives on. I, our desire, Pastor Bubba, Miss Tracy, myself, my wife, all of our staff, all of our team, our desire is that you would live a legacy. That you would leave a legacy where your life would go on. Whether your life ends soon or you live for another 50, 60 years, that your life would go on. And I want to tell you this. I don't want you just to leave a legacy. I want you to live one. Y'all listen to me. Most of us talk about leaving a legacy. But what does it look like right now at the age that you are to live your legacy that you're going to leave? And that's the prayer that I want for each and every one of you, that you would live the legacy that God has called for you. You know the secret to, um, to all of your problems? How many of you got some problems in your life right now? Everybody got some problems? You want, you want to know the secret to how you deal with your problems? Here's the secret to how you deal with your problems. You get something greater in your life that's bigger than your problems. And you give your life to it. Now, I can't promise you that life's going to go well for you or that you're not going to ever be shaken. Actually, let me show you a scripture here. Psalms chapter 112, verse 5. Look at this verse with me. It says this, Good will come to him who is generous and lends freely, who conducts his affair with justice. Now watch this. So if we do this, if we live generously, not selfishly, but generously, if we lend freely to others, This is what God promises. He says that surely he will never be, what's that word? He will never be shaken. Now watch this. And a righteous man will be, here's the legacy part, will be what? Will be remembered forever. Now, um, here's what, I can't stop the shaking. Okay, you're going to be, there's going to be some shaking. What I can promise you though, is that if you live this way, you can live unshaken. 
There's a difference. So I can't promise that it's all going to be peachy king. What I can promise, though, is that you can be steadfast and you can have a hope that is unshaken if you live generously, freely living your life. The goal isn't to live on earth forever, but to leave something that does. So as a pastor, my job is twofold. Of course, my job is to be a shepherd. Pastor Bubba, all of our pastors, well, me and Pastor Bubba here, Our job is to shepherd you. What does a shepherd do? A shepherd guides you, directs you, leads you so that you prosper. That's our goal, to take care of you, to care for you. But I want to tell you, it's, it's, it's in two ways, though. We're to guide you and lead you in this life, but we're also designed to guide you and lead you in the next life. Meaning, what I mean by this is we want to prepare for you today what your life will be Tomorrow, meaning when you're on the other side of eternity, because how many of you know what the life you're living now is not all there is? There is another side to this. Oh, and by the way, you'll live there a lot longer than you're living here. So, so our jobs as, as, as pastors is to prepare you for that day and make sure that you're living that day to the fullest. Let me show you Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14 says this, for we will all stand before God's judgment seat. And it is written, and this is what God's word says, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me and every tongue will acknowledge God. Now watch this. And so then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. So I'm here to tell you that one day when you stand before God, there will be a test. Now, I don't know about y'all, how many of you were not good in tests in school? Anybody in here? I, I, was, a, I was a terrible test, test taker. Um, I was, I felt like I was pretty smart, but when it came to test time, I was not that good. Anybody like that? You feel like you can retain things, but as soon as you come and test and pressure and all that, it's like, you just, just check D, just check D. It's just, it's always, it always goes bad. Well, I'm here to tell you today that when you stand before God, there'll be a test. And there's going to be two, two questions on this test, by the way. And uh, we're going to look at them in just a minute in scriptures. It's a two question test. And here's the thing that I love about God is that he gives open book tests. How many of you used to love teachers that would give open book tests? When they would go, it's an open book, you're like, praise Jesus. <laughs> Thank God. It's an open. I'm here to tell you that this test is an open book test. you got the answers in front of you. So this is what I'm going to do today. I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you, I'm going to tell you the two questions that are going to be on the test when you stand before God. And then I'm going to do you even better. I'm going to tell you the answers. All right. You ready? So, okay. So here's the first question. First question I think God's going to ask us is this. What did you do with my son, Jesus? What did you do with my son, Jesus? See, we, we all know that Jesus came. He paid for our sins. He died for our sins. He came and lived a life that you and I couldn't live. He paid a debt that you and I should have paid. And he offers his life to us that if we believe in what he did on the cross, that we could have forgiveness of sins, we could have salvation, that he would be a rescue for us. And that, that if we believe in him, that we will have eternity in heaven with him. And so this question of what did you do with my Jesus is this, because you have one of two options when it comes to paying for your sins. You can either believe that Jesus paid for your sins or you can pay for your own. Which, by the way, hell is not a place that God wanted to send people, hell is just a place where people go pay for their own sins. So you can choose to let Jesus pay for your sins and receive the gift that he did in you, or you can just go pay for your own. That's the two options that are there. 
And Jesus gives us, or God the Father gives us kind of this question of what did you do with my son Jesus? And let me show you what's going to happen when you stand before God. Look in Revelation chapter 20. And it says this, and says, and then I saw a great white throne. There it is. This is what's going to happen. I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it and the earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead great and small. Now watch what they're doing. They're standing before the throne. And now I want you to look at this. And the books were open. Underline books. Okay. The books were open. Plural. Now watch this. And another book. Underline that one. So there's books. And then there's another book, which is the book of life. So I believe, honestly, what it's telling us is that there are books here. And all of these books are our sins. What we committed, our actions, our speech, what we said, what we, where our disobedience was, where our failures were. These are all these books. Some of you have little chapters. Some of you have a couple novels of books. <laughs> of these books. And then he says, but then there's another book. And this book is the book of life. And I believe what's going to happen is one day we're going to stand before God. And if you have made the decision of what did you do with my son, Jesus? And you've said, I've accepted what he's done. I believe everything that was in these books is now erased because you're in this book, this book. So when your name's in this book, you're no longer in this, but they're looking, I can't find his name. You know why? Jesus said paid, Amen. paid. Now, if you don't believe in Jesus and you want to pay for your own sins, you got the novels. Now watch what it says. It says, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the, what? In the books. So here's the right answer that we need to say. This is what we need to say to God. You, you, you can write it in your notes. But really, this, this is really when God says, what did you do with my son, Jesus? Really, what you just need to say is, I knew him. I know him. And not know him here, but know him here. I know him. I've trusted him. I've put my hope in him. The Bible says that some people will say, uh, you know, I knew you. And Jesus, God will say, they said, I did, I did all these things in your works. I went to church and I prophesied your name and I cast out demons in your name. And God's going to say, I never knew you. That's not know you as in, I didn't know your name. That was, I didn't know you as in, you didn't surrender your heart to me. And so the first question that we've got to answer is what did you do with my son, Jesus? And I'm going to tell you, depending on your answer, depend, determines your destiny. Speaking of eternity, where you spend eternity. Okay. That's the first one. The second question though, is just as important. Here's the second question that you're going to be asked. What did you do with what I gave you? I believe God the Father will look at us and ask us, what did you do with my son Jesus? Well, I accepted him, so that determines my eternity. Now you're saved. Now you know Jesus, you've raised your hand, you've made your commitment to the Lord, you've confessed him as Jesus is Lord of your life, you've repented, you've turned to him, now you're saved. So now the question now leads to, okay, so now what have you done with what I gave you? Now that talks about not so much about where you're going to spend eternity, but how you're going to spend eternity. Now watch what it, it says in second Corinthians chapter five, verse 10. This is based off of what God does now. It says in second Corinthians five ten, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while what 
while in the body, whether good or bad. And I'm here to tell you today that we serve a God who is a rewarder. He is a rewarder. He looks so forward to the time where he will come and he will reward you for what you've done on this earth. You don't believe me? Let's go to the scriptures. Matthew 16, 27. For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels. Come on, it's going to be a glorious day. And now look what he's coming with, though. And he's coming, and then he will, what's the word? Reward. Reward. Now watch. How is he going to reward people, though? He's going to reward people, each person, according to what he has done. So here's the deal. You can't earn heaven. Okay, so the first question is not something that you earn. You can't earn that one. You can't earn. That's grace. You can't earn it. It's undeserved. It's the grace of God. Jesus, what he did on the cross. We can't earn it. We can't, you can't go to church enough. You can't be good enough. All of that happens. All of that's just faith in Christ and what he's done. But the second one is dependent on you and how you live because your life matters right now. It matters right now. So here's the, here's the answer. You ready for the answer for this question? The answer for this question, when God says, what did you do with, I, with what I gave you? Here's your answer. I gave my life away. I gave it away. I gave my life away. Everything, God, you gave me, I just I gave it right back to you. I, I gave it in service to you. I, uh, I did a funeral um, about three weeks ago. And uh, I shared a little bit of this analogy, and, and I didn't realize how much it was going to make an impact in this family. But I shared this story of how every, all of us have probably been to a cemetery. When you go to a cemetery and you, you go to a certain uh, graveside, uh, and they have the kind of the tombstone or the, the, the head, headstone on there, and you'll see the, the name of the deceased on there. And then usually below the name of the deceased, you'll have, you know, some type of phrase or something design on it. But then you'll see usually a birth date, a dash, and then a deceased date, right? I mean, it's usually what it is. Birth date, a dash, and a deceased date. And I told um, these people at this funeral, I said, here's, here's the deal about all this. The dash matters. The dash matters. It's the most important part of who we are. What happens in that dash actually determines what happens on the other side of that last end date. Is what happens in the dash. The dash matters in our lives. And how we live our life matters. So we're not just holding on waiting to heaven. Because the truth is, if heaven was the goal, we would... We say this all the time. You would get saved, we'd baptize you, and we wouldn't bring you up. we just let the bubble stop, and then you go be with Jesus. Right. right? Go be with Jesus. All right, good. We got another one. I think, I think the salvations might be a little less, though, if they found out we did that. <laughs> so if the goal is not just heaven, it's not just heaven. We desire it. We long for it. We wait for it. How many of you would love Jesus to show up maybe before the election? That'd be nice. Um, but we long for that day but it's not just the ultimate goal because god designed you he put you on this planet because your life matters you're called to make a difference right now there's something in you that god wants to use that dash matters so how you live in it so let's talk about how do we live a legacy How do we live a life that goes on beyond us? How do we live a life that if 
in the next month, the next year, the next couple of years, something was to tragically happen to you, I would want you to be able that people don't have to stand up at your funeral and lie. But they get to stand up at your funeral and say, this was a man of God. This was a woman of God. They gave everything that they could to help people, bless people. So I'm going to tell you how you live your legacy. I'm going to give you three of them. Here's your first one. And here's the deal. You don't do any of this accidentally. So you're going to see on there this word intentionally. You don't do anything accidentally, by the way, other than fail, maybe. But anything that good happens in your life has been done because it's been done intentionally. So here's the three things that you need to do. First one, I will intentionally give what I have. I will intentionally give what I have. Now, I want you to listen to what I'm not saying. I'm not asking you to give what you don't have. And, and, and then I also want you to hear me in this. I'm not just talking about money. Amen. So God wants you to give what you have. Don't give what you don't have. You give what you do have. So it's, it's so much more than money, by the way. Money's just one aspect of it. But God wants you to give your time. He wants you to give your skills. He wants you to give your ideas. He wants you to give your talents. He wants to give your, 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 your treasure. He wants, to give, he wants you to give everything, by the way, but that you would give it all to him. This, this weekend, we'll do baby dedications. You know what baby dedication's all about? It's about parents standing before you and me and God and going, God, I'm giving this back to you. I'm giving them back to you. This child's not mine. I am a steward. Which, by the way, everything you have, you are a steward over. Nothing you have is yours. You are a st- God has blessed you with it. You're a steward of it. The breath you just breathed, God blessed you with that. Y'all know y'all woke up today and most of us, for the most part, woke up healthy. Some people did not. Everything we have is a gift. And by the way, whether you believe this or not, you're rich. You're very rich. Pastor Bob would tell you, you just got back from some countries that would tell you that you are rich. Now you're like, I can't even barely pay my bills. You'd be surprised. Some people would love to have the bills that you have because they don't have anything. You are so rich. Let me actually show you. Look, look with me in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 11 says this, you will be made rich. Now, I want you to see this. It's not talking about, in 2 Corinthians 9, that you will be made rich in just money. Look what he says. You'll be made rich in what? In every way. Come on, how many want to claim that, man? God made me rich in everything. Rich in relationships, rich in people, rich in money, rich in stuff, rich. God, just, I want you to make me rich. And here's the reason why. Look, you will be made rich in every way so that... Okay, we want to like put a period where God doesn't put a period. You will be made rich so that you can be. Come on, say it like you actually want to be it. Generous Generous on, now watch this, on every occasion. Something happens and you can be a blessing. God, I want to be a blessing. I just want to be, I want to be rich so I can be a blessing. I want to have more so I can give more. I don't want to have more so I can raise my standard of living. I want to have more so I can raise my standard of giving. I want to give more because I want to give everything that I have. Your house, not yours. Your car, not yours. Your children, not yours. It's not yours. You and I are steward of it and we will stand before God on how we gave those things away. Or did we hoard them? Mine. We talked about this this past weekend. We got the golem thing going on. And this is what he says. Well, now watch this. You will be generous so you can be generous on every occasion. And this is so awesome. And through your generosity will result. Now watch this. It will result in thanksgiving to God. 
You mean like when I go and give my time and go help tear out sheetrock in somebody's house and give my time and give my talent? You mean that that might actually be a witness for who Jesus is? Yes, it will. And our church is evident of that. If you'll go give your time, give it away. Your generosity can be a result of people knowing God. I want to challenge you to be generous, to be a giver and to do it intentionally. If you're not, I'll put it this way. If you're not intentional in your money side, you won't be intentional in any other side. So let me, let's start there. By the way, tithe is the starting point. You're not generous if you tithe. Tithe is actually a command. It's an obedience. So if you tithe and you're like, look how generous I am. You're not generous. You're obedient. Actually over the tithe is now generosity. So like if I gave you my truck keys and then you gave them back to me and you said, here you go. I wouldn't think you're being generous to me. That's mine. Are y'all with me here? That you weren't generous to me. You just gave me back what was mine. The same way with God. When God says, hey, you give back 10% and I'll bless the 90%. When you get that 10% back and go, God, look at me. And he's like, good, that was mine. Thank you, finally, for obeying. And the Bible says that if we don't do that, that the other 90% can be blessed if we do it. And if we don't, the 100% is cursed. I'm just telling you, it's what it is. Trust God in the money. Trust God in your time. Trust God in your talents. We're going to be intentional in giving what I have. Here's number two. I'm going to be intentional about serving others. I'm going to be intentional about serving others. Matthew chapter 20, verse 26, it says this. And whoever, now look at this, whoever. Come on, how many in here want to be successful in life? Anybody want to be successful? Now, look at this. He says, whoever wants to be great among you must be your what? Your servant. And whoever wants to be first. Come on, any got any, any, got any kids in here that like to be first? Like to eat first, do things first? Okay. You can just put this scripture up in your kitchen or something when they want to eat first. It says, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Tell that one to your kids too. <laughs> now watch this. Now here's our example. Just as the son of man. Who's the son of man? Jesus. Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve. serve and to give his life. Look at that. Not just money. Not just his time. He gave his life as a ransom for many. So you and I, if we want to live a legacy... We need to not only give what we have intentionally, but we need to serve others intentionally. For us, that's, that's our dream team. And I'm going to say this. Um, all the numbers that we celebrated earlier, it's honestly, it's God and our dream team. Our dream team is phenomenal. Uh, we, we can't do what we do as a church without our dream team. Our dream team is, is, a, is a group of people that have said, it's not about me. They're the ones who get here real early on Sunday so that way you can come and find a good spot to park, good spot to sit, some good coffee, cough, coffee, some good coffee to drink. <laughs> Don't drink that coffee. <laughs> drink the coffee, not the coffee. It's the dream team that does that. By the way, Melanie and Alyssa, y'all did phenomenal tonight. I don't know where Melanie and all of them are. Y'all did awesome in worship. It's awesome. Great job. All the worship team, y'all do, y'all do amazing. And, and I want you to... Hear me when we say this, because what people think that we're trying to get them to do is, oh, you're just trying to get a bunch of people to serve in the church so you don't have to pay people. No, 
I'm not trying to get something from you. I'm trying to get something for you. Because here's the truth. When you're handing out a brochure, when you're passing out coffee, when you're parking a car, you're not parking a car. You're welcoming somebody into an environment where their life could honestly be changed for a lifetime. When you're leading people into worship, man, that's not, you're not just singing some songs. You are leading people in the presence of God where shackles could be broken. Freedom can come. Come on. That's what you're a part of. When you're, when you're back there with kids, come on, you're back there with kids. Our OSC kids with 166 kids last week, God blessed every single one of them wiping butts and teaching kids and handing out goldfish. Come on. So you could be in here and get the word of God and you could get a little reprieve. And then your kids could hear, not only, they're not getting back there being babysat, they're getting back there and the word of God is being instilled into their hearts. And they're in a small group, just like we tell you to be in a small group. And they're talking about Jesus and they're talking about, pray for my parents. They've been beating me all week and they've been, all that stuff. (laughs) You know, they talk about y'all, right? So don't be cussing on your way to church. They'll rat you out. Rat you out. But I'm going to tell you right now, listen, if you've been, listen, if you're new here, settle in, get to know us, no pressure. But if you've been here for a while and you're not on the dream team, step it up. Let's go. Hey, by the way, all these numbers that we just shared, we had less people last year. We went from one service to two services. We had less people attending. Now we have more people attending. And so I just get ready. We go on to three at some point. At some point, I don't know when, but in order for us, listen, in order for us to do that, in order for us to reach more people, because how many, you know, heaven and hell are real realities. Y'all know that, right? And so when you give up your comfort to serve, by the way, when you do that, you're setting up for an opportunity for people to meet Jesus and they're, they, them to have a real encounter with God. It's not about the comfort of my seat, by the way. This mission, this vision is so much bigger that Pastor Bubba and Miss Tracy have for this house. This isn't the only campus. When we have two more, those aren't the only other campuses. We got way more campuses that we're going to be planning. We got way more. You think the OSC Kids Building is the only building we're going to build next? Nope. Yeah, you, then you don't know us well. <laughs> we're already scheming for what the next building will be after that. So, and oh, by the way, God has given us already all the money to pay for the OSC Kids Building. Did you know that? Oh, wait, hold on. I, I forgot one part, though. It's in your wallets. <laughs> Nobody clapped on that one. Why not? Yeah, it got real personal, didn't it? Y'all were like, praise God. No. No. I set you up. Hey, I'm going to do it on Sunday so nobody give it away, okay? So <laughs> hey, last one, number three. So listen, I'm going to give what I have. I'm going to intentionally give away what I have. I'm going I'm to serve other people. I'm not going to come in and just be served. This is, I feel like this is more of a family meeting. So if you're a guest here, come in and get served. But if you're part of this family, you're not going to just sit in and be served for a long time. And you know, once your kids grow up a little bit, they get some responsibility in the house too. So I'm going to give myself, and then last but not least, is I'm going to intentionally share Christ. I am going to intentionally share Christ. I want to challenge everybody in here. You've been doing a phenomenal job, by the way. And there's a reason why we have over 183 more people last weekend than we did 11 weeks ago. 
you're doing this well, but I want to keep challenging you and encouraging you to invite someone. There's nothing more exciting. And you won't know this until you experience it. But there's nothing more exciting than inviting someone that doesn't know Jesus and they sit by you in in worship. And then you get to watch them interact in the service. You get to see their face. You get to see sometimes the tears. You get to see them sometimes as we say, hey, would you bow your heads and raise your hand if you want to. And, and you're, you're not, you're kind of peeking a little bit. <laughs> Are they going to raise it? You've never experienced real joy in ministry until you've done that. Most Christians have never led anyone to the Lord. And that's a shame because it's honestly really easy. You know what it is? The Bible says we're witnesses. You know what a witness does? Just shares what you experienced. Hey man, my life has been changed. My marriage was a wreck. God radically transformed my marriage. You want some of that too? Your marriage is a wreck as well. It's pretty easy, huh? Let me come, like we talked about a while back with Andrew and Peter. Hey, let me come introduce you. Let me, let me introduce you to Jesus. I would have challenged you to do this. Look, let, let me show you. There's, there's scripture for this, by the way. Second Corinthians chapter 5 says this. We are Christ's ambassadors. That's what you are. We all are. Pastor Baba and I aren't just Christ's ambassadors. We all are Christ's ambassadors. Now look at this. And he, God is making his appeal. And how is he doing it? Through, Through who? Through us. Through us. Through us. You are God's plan A for reaching this world. He has no plan B. You are God's agent for reaching your neighborhood, your workplace, your school. You are God's plan. Man, God, I'm just praying for my neighborhood. Good. You're the answer to it. You are the ambassador. Let me show you the next one. Luke 14, 23. Go out into the country and urge anyone you find to come sit with you. I just added that a little bit, by the way, it's not in there, but it's what we use. Come sit with you. Now watch this. Now why? So that my what? My house will be full. God hates empty seats. Because every empty seat represents a person that should be there. So if you're buying an empty seat, by the way, touch it and say, God, fill it. Okay, now touch it again and go, God, help me to fill it. <laughs> Let's make it personal. And then here's your last one. Look at this. Mark sixteen fifteen. Jesus said to his followers, go everywhere. Now, I want you to notice these two things. Underline or circle everywhere. Go everywhere. Go everywhere in the world. Go to Albania. Go to London. Go to Sudan. Go to... South Africa, go to Guatemala, go, go everywhere. Some of us, though, want to go across the world, but they don't want to go across the street. So maybe let's start there. Let's go across the street first. Then we'll go across the world. But look what he says. Go everywhere in the world. And now watch this. And tell the good news to everyone. So I want you to remember those two words. Where does God want me to go? Everywhere. Who does God want me to share with? Where does God want me to go? Who does God want me to share it with? Okay. So if you ever like, oh, does God want me to share with this person? Yeah. yeah. Are they everyone? Then, yeah. Like that Walmart teller? Yes. That bank clerk that was really mean to me? Yes, that one too. My family? Oh, not my family. Yes. 
your family. Now, here's the big question. Why? We'll wrap it all up with this. Why do we need to live a life of legacy? Why do we want to give what we have? And why do we want to serve others? And why do we want to share Christ with people? Well, let me give you the last reason. 1 Timothy six seventeen. Now, this is actually Paul challenging his, his, his pastor uh, that he planted, Timothy. And Paul is challenging Timothy, Pastor Timothy, and he's giving him a pastoral mandate. He's saying, Timothy, this is what you need to do. So this is actually a challenge to Pastor Bubba and myself. And this is what he would tell us. He says, command those who are rich. Now watch this. In this present world. So you know what that means? You know what that means? There's another world. Command those in this present world. Meaning there's another world. So command those that are rich. Which by the way, you are rich. Command those who are rich in this present world. Now look what he tells us to do. To not be arrogant. Nor to put their hope in wealth. Which is so uncertain. How many would say you've had to learn that one the hard way? Don't put your hope in money. It will fail you every time. Which is so uncertain. But to put, now look at, put your hope in God. God, Who richly provides us with everything for our what? God wants you to enjoy life, by the way. He wants you to enjoy life. Now look what he says here. And command them. Here's the command. So I am commanding you to do good. To be rich in good deeds. And to be generous. So I will, yet again, double dog dare you to be good. To do good. To be rich. To be generous. Don't be selfish. The only people I've ever met that are miserable in life are selfish ones, by the way. And if you're miserable right now, I bet it's because it's all about you. And the reason that you're selfish is because it's a sin that's broken in our hearts. It breaks us. It shatters us. And this is what he says. Look at this and we'll wrap it all up. Be generous and willing to share. And in this way, here's what's going to happen. You're going to lay up treasures. They're going to lay up treasures for themselves. Where though? Well, we know it's not in this present world. We're laying up treasures on the other side of the dash, by the way. That's the legacy part. Now watch this. You'll lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Okay, last line. You're going to fill in. There is more to this life than this life. There's more to this life than this life. And if you've been searching for meaning and purpose and all that, it is beyond you. And it is when we begin to do these things here, which is we give our life away. We give everything that we have back to the Lord. We ask God, God, what do you want? We serve others. Get in on dream team. Ask any of our people in here on a dream team what God's done in their life because they've been on one. You ask them. They'll tell you. They'll tell you. Get in a life group. Get in with community. Get in with other people. And then more than any of that, share Jesus. Share Jesus. Listen, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be preachy to people. 
Sharing Jesus is simply just what has he done in your life? What has he done? I find, I, I find it kind of cool because I, I love wearing my I love my church shirt everywhere because it, it, it solicits so many questions. If you've ever worn it, I'm telling you, it does. People are like, oh man, that's an awesome shirt. Or they're like, what church you go to? Or what? And it, it just invites them to ask me a question that I'm just waiting for them to ask me. And so then I get to share with them what God does in our church. And oftentimes, if they don't know me, I definitely don't tell them that I'm the pastor of it. It's like, man, I love my church, man. Let me tell you about my church. Let me tell you. And man, oftentimes I'm just bragging on you, bragging on what God's doing in our house, bragging on what God's changing the lives and the stories that he's, it's just amazing. And so I challenge you today to get involved, get involved. Um, and if you have friends or family that, that are here and that have been here for a while, encourage them and get involved. Bring them with you. Maybe they're like, man, I don't know about this next step. This is what you say. I'll take it with you. Well, you've already taken it. I know I'll take it again with you. Just because I want to bring you through it. Come on, let's go. We'll do this together. This is what we do. This is what reaching people, building lives looks like. This is what leaving a legacy looks like. How many want to leave a legacy? Can I pray over you today? Just bow your heads right there where you are. God, I thank you, Lord, for your word. God, we thank you, Lord. We first begin today, Lord, just celebrating the goodness of God on this house. God, we thank you, Lord. God, thank you for Pastor Bubba and Miss Tracy. God, thank you, Lord, for their vision over 16 years ago, God, of starting this, God. Lord, thank you, Lord, for all that we've seen, Lord, over these past couple of years. Thank you, Lord, for their leadership. And thank you for our dream team. Thank you, Lord, for the men and the women in this house that have helped build this house, that have stepped up and said, God, it's not about me. It's beyond me. God, that have made a, a difference in this community. Lord, I thank you for them. And I thank you for the many people in here, God, that maybe they feel a stirring inside of them. God, you know what? That it's not just enough for me just to attend church. I want to be a part of it. I want to be the church. And God, I pray, Lord, that they would make a, a, a decision today to live intentionally. Lord, to live intentionally, to, to give away what's been given to them, realizing that they're a steward of everything that they have. They give it back to you. God, secondly, Lord, that they would, that they would honor you, God, in, in leaving and sharing Jesus with people. God, I pray, Lord, that you would give them boldness, give them opportunities this week, God, to share uh, what you've done in their life with people, God. And Lord, last but not least, that they would realize it's not about them and that they would serve others. It's not about us. Thank you, Jesus, that it wasn't about you, that you came down on this earth and you made our problem your problem. And because of that, we are here today because of Jesus. And we thank you for that. And just like Jesus gave his life as a ransom, God, we want to be a people who give our life away. Lord, I pray that on your people today. God, I command them, the spirit of God, that they would be good, do good, be rich, and be generous in all that they do, God. Lord, we love you today. In Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said.